This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're going to talk about 10 common fears of people with money. And when I say that, I mean common fears of people who have a lot of money. <laughs> so if you are a more affluent person, if you're a more high net worth person, then these are some of the things that may be on your mind that perhaps are a little bit more taboo to talk about. Um, if you know somebody that is well off, it's also something that is probably on their mind. So um, let's just go ahead and jump right in. Today I have with me Kelsey Banky. Welcome, Kelsey. Thank you, Mary. All right, let's talk about these 10 common fears. Um, I would say that the very biggest fear that people with significant amount of money actually have is kind of a constant overriding sense of foreboding of, are my friends and family going to ask me for money? <laughs> it Absolutely. happens all the time. So I think that's a very common worry that people have. They're always getting asked for somebody to ask for a loan or to invest in something that somebody else is doing. And it's really a common belief that when you reach the top that um, people, you know, can just come to you and ask for help. And it's, it's a very uncomfortable place for somebody with money to be because they're in a position of either saying yes even if they don't want to or say no and risking a relationship. Absolutely. And that, that can be a touchy issue, you know, with money and family, it, it, it doesn't always go well. Yep. So uh, navigating that, Mary, how do you do it? Well, I'll tell you what, I have one child who consistently asks me for loans. <laughs> Is that loans with quotations around the outside yes. of it? <laughs> and like many people with money, you kind of understand that a loan does not really come with a payback schedule. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that's that's something that I, I, I definitely would pass on for advice is never loan out money that you have to get back. If you yes. are loaning it out to family or enter friends, it into yeah. an expectation that you might and probably won't get it back. And if you do pleasantly be surprised and yep. go from there, but don't ever loan out money you can't afford to do. I actually have a number of high net worth clients and friends who have kind of a personal policy that know they will never loan money to a family or a friend, but they will give it to them if they feel like they want to. Because that way there isn't any kind of strings attached to it. It's just, okay, this is a gift and there's no expectation of being paid back and there's no disappointment of being paid back. So, but what I can tell you is that that sense of um, dread is, is there when you're afraid somebody's going to ask you for that. And that leads into our second topic that people with larger amounts of money face is they're always wondering if people are with them for the right reasons or if they're with them for their money. Right. So the second biggest thing <laughs> that higher net worth people worry about is, does my spouse really love me? <laughs> and I know I shouldn't be laughing about that. It's sad, but it's true. It is true. And that's where the, the terms gold digger and trophy wife and things like that come from is because people are putting the financial um, security that they're getting as a very high priority in their relationship and Yes. Might not be necessarily a healthy relationship. Now, for anyone who met their loved ones before they developed or built their wealth, that's a totally different story. But if you found them after you were already wealthy, 
the worry of whether your significant other really loves you for you or your money is definitely something that will linger. And that actually extends out to your friends. So the more successful and wealthy you get, the more attention you tend to attract. And because of that, you might find it harder and harder to actually meet real friends who are interested in you as a human versus having an agenda within the relationship. And that's the thing is that frequently money creates an agenda within a relationship that would not otherwise be there. And isn't what we're all looking for, just a really nice, genuine connection with somebody. Yes. It's sad that money has to get in the way of it, but it does. So that's why we're here. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you a personal story about this, too, because I had uh, I got divorced about 10 years ago, and um, <clears throat> I had already built a company, and, you know, I, I'm a uh, I have a large company and I was dating people. And this is something that came up for me as, hey, is this person, are we dating because they are interested in me? Are they dating because it's a status symbol? Are we dating because they think that there's going to be something financially in it for them? It's a really weird dynamic because it was like uh, there was male gold diggers out there, <laughs> which is really different. Dating's hard enough as it is. Right? I don't want to <laughs> add that into it. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So that's something that is a fear with people with money. Again, it all comes back as to is there an agenda within the relationship that I have to be on guard for versus this is just a pure relationship about human beings connecting. So, all right. The third big common fear that people have with money is, am I going to get sued? This is a big fear. I think it is because there's a lot of lawsuits out there. Well, and the more you have, the more you have to lose. So um, I think that fear just grows with your net worth. Yes. Um, and, but luckily, there's ways you can protect yourself on this one. Now, here's the thing is that there was a study done by a company called Prince & Associates that said 20% of people with a net worth of a million or less worry about getting sued. But that goes up to 80% are worrying about this actively once their net worth is $20 million or more. So, I mean, you just went from 20% worrying about it to 80% worrying about it. So every notch on that net worth ladder that grows, not only do your chances of getting sued increase, but so does your worry factor or your anxiety surrounding that. Now, many, many reasons might exist for someone to sue you. It could be accidents. It could be something that you did in your business. It could be a mistake, an error, an omission, or something like that in your professional field. But the thing about it is some of those things can be insured against, and some of them just simply can't. So the more money you have, the more you have to lose, the more this worry really tends to kind of rear its ugly head. Okay. Another thing that people don't necessarily realize that people are worried about is that people with money still are afraid of, will I have enough money for the future? Okay. And their fears are, am I going to have enough money to live comfortably the way I'm used to living? Now, some people might mock this and call them first world problems, but the truth of it is, is that people grow accustomed to a lifestyle. That's great. There are certain things they want to be included in their life. And the more money that you have, the higher expectation you tend to have of what the comfort level and the activities you're going to be doing in your lifestyle are going to entail. So if you're used to spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and you want to continue that, 
then not only are you worried about running out of money, but you might not be as well equipped to live on less money because you're it's not something you've had to do for a long time or maybe ever. <laughs> so running out of money is a big issue for people. The other thing that's kind of interesting about this is that, and we've talked about this in other shows, is that inflation hits people with money differently than people with not as much. Because if you think about maybe a 4% inflation factor, a $300,000 income accumulating at 4% is rapidly increasing the need faster than a $100,000 income increasing at 4%, which means your pool of assets is going to diminish more quickly if your inflation is a bigger number, right? So that's definitely something that uh, people are worried about. What's the next common fear, Kelsey? Am I healthy enough? (laughs) I think that's common for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But I I would say that in in that same survey that we talked about, 54% of millionaires are worrying about their health in retirement. And um, so it's kind of funny, but the way people worry about things is like first they worry about their wealth and then they worry about their health. Really, it's true. And it kind of goes in that Mm -hmm. order. So once you've got the wealth thing ticked off, then your thoughts start to go to the health part of it. And and this is where it gets tricky, right? Because you can't necessarily just buy health. No. Now, you can buy good medical care. You can buy crazy things now like organs that have been 3D printed from cells in your own body. I mean, there's some crazy, amazing medical advances that are made out there that money can get you connected to. But money cannot buy you more life if your body is not going to continue to live. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people have put a lot of focus into building their wealth um, and, and making their their businesses, their portfolios, the, the grand things that they are. And they a lot of times will step back and go, oh, wait, what if I don't have very much time to enjoy my wealth right now? So uh, hopefully the, the health focus is something you can maintain through your whole life um, to give you the best chance to enjoy your wealth for a long time. Um, But it is still a fear regardless of the amount of money you have. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about 10 common fears that people with significant amounts of money tend to have. Um, And we've talked about a few of them. Now we're going to dive into the next set of them. The next one I want to talk about is is the pondering the question, am I being made a fool? And um, this is really connected heavily to the idea that when you attain wealth, you want to be able to manage that money properly. And so most people with wealth are hiring people to handle that money management for them. And there is a level of concern of if I don't know what I need to know about money, how do I know I can trust you to be doing what's right with my money? How do I know that you are doing what's in my best interest versus in what's your best interest? And the reason is because when you get into significant amounts of wealth, the complexity of managing it goes up. And therefore, most people that aren't money managers don't really understand all the ins and outs of it, right? So that's why it's especially important that people who are higher net worth are absolutely connected in and working with someone who is their fiduciary. Absolutely. Someone who 
is working in their best interest, who is putting their best interests first, whose fees and expenses are transparent and straightforward. And um, that is how you address the question of, am I being made a fool? And to piggyback on that, you see this all the time in the news, sports stars, Mm -hmm. movie stars. Oh yeah. I mean, I see this on a regular basis are getting into lawsuits uh, because they find out years down the road that their manager wasn't handling their money well and was using it inappropriately. So fiduciary responsibility is, is very important in this and making sure that, um, that person is on your side and taking care of you. Not working for a company. They're working for you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. The next fear is, am I really happy with myself? So, You know, we've all heard the saying that, you know, money buys you happiness, which I completely think is not true. What I think that money does is it buys you choices, but money definitely can solve a lot of problems. (laughs) And sometimes money can create a lot of problems. I think it amplifies the good and it amplifies the bad in us um, when we have a lot of money. And, um, you know, I can understand that. Am I really happy with myself once you have money and there's no longer the focus of making as much as you possibly can to survive? Um, you start shifting your focus to a more inner place. And um, hopefully you can answer that question with yes, maybe with a little bit of help or hopefully right away. Right. So the next one is, will somebody steal my identity? Now, identity theft is certainly something that runs rampant right now, but the big issue for people who are wealthy is that recovering significant amounts of wealth lost to identity theft is harder than for someone who has smaller dollars, as well as the fact that they're bigger targets, so they're targeted more frequently. Absolutely. There's more there to, to get, so the target is bigger and probably going to be more frequently sought. Yes. So identity theft, definitely something. So for people that are higher net worth, it would be a great idea to make sure you have some identity theft provisions in place, maybe a service that you're tied into where you're monitoring things. And you also want to make sure that you're using encrypted email when you're talking about anything with confidential information. I see this all the time where people will send us, you know, bank statements or they'll send us investment statements or things like that in a way that's not encrypted. And unencrypted email being sent to someone else can be an easy way for someone to hack your identity. We always use encrypted email when we're sending information. It's when people are sending it to us that we get concerned about that. So making sure that if you are a higher net worth person that you have invested in some good encrypted email capability, I think is a really important piece of this. And it can be a small cost that can have a big impact. So uh, look into that and definitely consider that for um, protecting yourself and your information. Right. All right, the next fear is wondering, will my company be okay? So the interesting thing about people who are ultra high net worth is usually they have some level of kind of business ownership or business that they've built, okay? And when they get to a certain level in business, they tend to build a team. And eventually, many high net worth business owners have created an environment where they're kind of irrelevant in terms of the day-to-day management of their company right? Their team is handling all of it. And so there is a big worry that people have that someone on their team might not be operating in the way that they want to be, or that 
they, you know, they're worried about taking care of people that work for them as well. So there's multiple worries about the whole company future success. Are things being managed well? And then the other layer is I might have 400 employees that depend on me and my company to put food on their table. <laughs> so they worry about that. They take that personally, right? Absolutely. You know, like at Stirk Financial, I have, we have a fairly good sized team. We have seven people in our headquarters. And one of the things that I take an immense amount of pride in is every time we have one of our team members' children go to college, I take pride in that personally because I know that I've created a company that has created an environment where their parent has a job and undoubtedly that has contributed to that child going to college. So I'm not the one who's sending them to college, but I've created an environment in a company that's contributed to that. So I take pride in that personally, you know, and, and I feel like that there are a lot of business owners that feel the same way and they take a personal interest in making sure everybody that works for them is, is okay. <laughs> a lot of weight on your shoulders. All right. The last fear that people with significant amounts of money tend to have um, ties into something that we're going to give away today. Um, and that fear is, are my children going to turn out to be complete and total spoiled brats? <laughs> Sometimes that happens whether you have money or not. <laughs> you know, and, and you're absolutely right, Mary. This one trickles down into middle class as well. And uh, it's a huge fear. <laughs> it is. It's a huge fear. So... Uh, Figuring out how to take care of that, I, you know, there's lots of different theories on it, but, um, you know, everybody wants to raise children who are functioning properly in society and making good contributions and using their lives well. Uh, but when you have money, you think it'd be easier to do that, but it actually adds a lot of complexity to I the think situation. It's harder. I think it's harder to instill work ethic in your children when you have money than when you don't. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I very clearly say that is because when you don't have money, your children are going to be forced to go work to earn money to get what they want. It's not a question of saying yes or no to them. But when you have money, you are in a position of saying, oh, yes, let me provide that for you unless instead of, oh, you go earn it for yourself. And as a parent, you have to make decisions to say no to instill work ethic. And saying no is not an easy thing to do when you have a lot of wealth or privilege. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not easy. I started my son. He's three. He has his own wallet <laughs> <laughs> and he, he gets some money, uh, for things that he does. And, and, you know, it's three, so you got to pay attention to, to how much he understands. But when we go places and it's a treat, he pulls out his own little wallet what a great lesson. and he starts paying, even if it's 50 cents at the farmer's market for a donut, he's, he's learning that transaction of money and that things cost money. And then slowly as he gets older, we're trying to, um, implement the, the concept of working for the money that goes in mm -hmm. the wallet. So, uh, it, you have to start it young though. You have to, and, and it's, it's a weird balance and there's no perfect formula, but it is definitely a fear. There is no perfect formula. And so, you know, as your children age, there are different money lessons that you can teach them. 
Um, but one of the things that I think that we are seeing is we're seeing people with high net worth really tie in some of these things to their long-term estate planning. Like we're seeing a rise in the idea of um, instead of money getting paid out of your trust once you're dead to your children in certain lumps, there's a rise in the idea of saying, well, you will get a match from this trust of whatever you've made in income for the year. So if you have a job where you made $50,000, you will also get a $50,000 distribution from the trust. Or if you made $100,000, you will get a $100,000 distribution. But it's tying wealth distribution to work ethic. And I, you know, right or wrong, there's a growing trend to that. But I have to say that I personally land on the side of I think that's a great idea because the world needs to have people who are contributing members of society and an air of entitlement or privilege is not something that's generally considering or contributing to the world. Well, and everybody thinks also that the most impressionable years are are while they're still in your home and, and still in school. But actually, those years right out of school can also be very, very impressionable. That's when they're setting Mm -hmm. up their habits and their behaviors that they're going to carry with them for the rest of their lives. And if they walk into a situation of extreme wealth that they have access to, uh, some not good habits are going to be built, whether it's dependency on things that aren't good or healthy for them or... uh, for lack of better words, a laziness in, mm-hmm. in their ambitions, um, things like that can develop. And so taking that um, that estate planning and pushing it out well into their 20s can be really, and maybe even their 30s, depending on the level of wealth, can be a really great way of helping combat just that those bad pieces of human nature so so we have three copies of a great book to give away it's called the ultimate gift and this book is all about um, it's like a parable of someone's journey who had an extreme amount of wealth and how it went when they left it to their family and how they were able to effectively pass down not just their money but their personal values surrounding their wealth which I think is a huge goal of people with you know, larger amounts of money. So we have three copies to give away. Give us a call or go out to our website at sterkfinancialservices.com and request your copy. And we'd be happy to send this to you. And maybe it will help alleviate some of the fears you have when you have a significant amount of money. So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sterk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.